victory. I'm talking about individual victory in your life. You don't have the strength to win, but the Holy Spirit is the power to victory. And sometimes I believe we try to muster up the character and the courage to win. And, and, and I'm thankful for character and we need character and we need courage. But victory is by the power of his spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help me as I preach your word tonight. I pray that you'd help us as we listen and we hear a bit of history, uh, Lord, a bit of prophecy, and to see that the truth that we find here was not just for a particular period of time, but Lord, it always has been and certainly is true today. Forgive us, Lord, where we attempt by our strength and might uh, to place our faith uh, for, uh, uh, and our trust for victory. And Lord, uh, remind us tonight of the importance of hungering for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The book of Zechariah is the period of time where the return of a remnant of Israel has gone back to their land, back to Jerusalem, after the 70-year captivity in Babylon. And there is no king in either Israel or Judah now, and the line of David is off the throne, and the time of the Gentiles are in progress. The second year of Darius is the same year, in which Haggai prophesied as well as Zechariah. These two men, Haggai and Zechariah, prophesied to the same people and in the same period of time. Haggai began in the sixth month of the year of their return, and he and Zechariah began two months later. He began in the eighth year. Now, let me help you to put the context in place. If you remember, as the book of Ezra records, uh, they had returned to rebuild uh, the temple and they had laid the foundation. And uh, after laying the foundation for this temple, uh, they had faced great opposition and had become discouraged. As a result, they had left the building of the temple and had gone to just build their own houses. If you remember the preaching of Haggai, he said, Why sit ye here in sealed houses? In other words, your house is finished. It's sealed, and the house of God lieth waste. Haggai and Zechariah were prophets that worked together. The year is 520 B.C., and the prophecy of Haggai is given in September, October, and December, uh, but none in November, and in that month of November is the time that Zechariah uh, receives these visions from the Lord as are recorded in this book and preached that message uh, to the people. It's interesting that Zechariah had ten visions, not at different times, but in one night. You talk about a restless night. Ten visions, nine of them is visions while he's asleep. One time the angel, which is this time, wakes him up and he shows him a picture, shows him a vision all concerning Jerusalem. And this is the seventh of ten visions 
that Zechariah has. Let's walk through this passage of scripture and notice, if you will, in verse number 2, And said unto me, What seest thou? Uh, and I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon. Now those of you who uh, have read the Bible and studied the Bible at all, uh, this is a familiar picture that we see, uh, not just here in the Old Testament or going back to the tabernacle or the temple. It's a picture that we see all the way into the book of Revelation and specifically as he addresses the seven churches in Asia Minor. And uh, so he tells him what he sees and with seven lamps and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof. Now the word candlestick is also translated or a synonym would be lampstand. And this is the seven branched lampstand which stood in the holy place in the tabernacle and then later in the temples. And in our day is one of the symbols, in fact probably the most uh, uh, well known and most seen symbol of the nation of Israel. There are other symbols that uh, were, were part of, of Israel's history and behavior such as a burning bush, uh, a vine, an olive tree. But here is uh, the menorah or the lampstand or uh, the candlestick, whatever name you uh, want to use. And that's what uh, Zechariah is seeing in the tabernacle and later in the temple. Uh, the seven-branch lampstand was the most beautiful of the pieces uh, of furniture uh, that was in there. Uh, that lampstand was hand-wrought and it was made of solid gold. The high priest had charge uh, over the lampstand and the high priest would light the lamps and it was his job to keep the oil uh, uh, in the lamps and it was his business to keep the wicks trimmed and to see uh, that they burned continually. In the book of Revelation, uh, we have a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, our great high priest. And I just talked about the high priest of the Old Testament. And they were simply a picture of Jesus who is our high priest. Aren't you glad that you and I are made priest by the Son of God, the Lord Jesus, and we do not have to go through a church, an organization, or an individual. But when I went to God this morning, I didn't even have to press one for English. God understood me, and I went right to the throne in heaven. In the book of Revelation, we have uh, uh, the high priest, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus, and he's walking in the midst of the lampstands, which uh, in the, uh, that passage represented uh, the seven churches in Asia Minor. He warned them if they didn't repent of their sins, he would remove those lampstands, and he did just that. Uh, today in modern Turkey, uh, not a one of those uh, churches are in existence. I have pictures of the ruins of those seven churches. And when they left trusting in the word of God and in the spirit of God, uh, the power of God was removed and those churches died. 
in our nation today, our great high priest has closed the door of many of the church or that churches are dead or powerless and void of his spirit because they've come to trust in the power of the flesh and the ability or the talent of people rather than trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Here in Zechariah's vision, the picture is of the nation of Israel, Zechariah chapter 4, representing this lampstand or menorah, whatever you want to use, name, which will in the future become a witness again here in Zechariah. They'll become a witness again for God in the world. Now in this passage of scripture, he describes that he sees a bowl upon the top of this lampstand and it's something new which is added that you don't find in the instruction given to Moses for fashioning the original lampstand but the bowl acts as a reservoir over the seven lamps so that the oil flows by gravity into the lamps keeping the oil or keeping the lamps burning. The oil is an all important factor in the vision. The lampstand itself speaks of Christ and the oil in them speaks of the Holy Spirit. We have no better picture of the Holy Spirit than of oil in the lampstand that represents, it fills the lampstand, it represents the Holy Spirit of God. Now while the oil represents the Holy Spirit, the light which is given as a result of that oil and the lamp and the wick being set on fire, the light that is given represents Christ who is the light of the world. The lampstand represents the most complete picture of Christ. And by the way, the measurement of the lampstand is not given. And of course, it is impossible to measure deity because God fills all eternity. I can say it. I can shout about it. I can't fully comprehend it. But my God always has been. And my God always will be. When the Lord Jesus was preparing to leave the earth, he told his disciples, he said, I'll send the Holy Spirit. I'll not leave you comfortless. And he said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he, the Holy Spirit, shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He shall glorify me, Jesus said. And by the way, the Holy Spirit is not given to glorify Jesus. He did sure is not given to glorify me. I'm, I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit is not given to glorify himself. He did sure is not given to glorify me. The Holy Spirit is given to glorify the Father. When you think of that lampstand, the lampstand supported the lamps with the light shining from them. And the light in turn revealed the beauty of the gold and glory of the lampstand. In just the same way, the Holy Spirit of God shining through us is to bring honor and glory to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. In verse number 3 the Bible says, And two olive trees by it. 
one upon the right side of the bulb and the other upon the left side thereof. That's the vision that Zechariah saw. This prophecy speaks not only of this day, referring to two men, uh, the civil leader, which is Zerubbabel, the spiritual leader, which is Joshua, uh, that will lead in the building of the temple. It is also a prophetic statement talking about uh, the great tribulation period. And the Bible says in Revelation 11 and verse number 3, And I will give power unto, unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. You see, during the tribulation period, there'll be no witness because the next thing to happen is the rapture of the church. By the way, it could take place tonight. The sounding of the trumpet could sound and we'll meet Christ in the air. All we see right now, according to the book of Thessalonians, the spirit of iniquity doth already work. Those of us who have been born again and we have our eyes open to the truth, we look at what's going on and we say, why are you so confused? Why would you self-destruct? What's wrong with our world? I'll tell you what's wrong. They've been blinded by the, uh, uh, by, by the devil himself. They've been blinded by the devil and they cannot see. They can only see by their own fleshly feelings of the, of the lust of their flesh. And so when the rapture takes place and the Holy Spirit is removed, which dwells in you and I, which are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit, there will be two witnesses that will come. I believe those to be Elijah and Enoch. It doesn't matter if you believe there's somebody else. There's going to be two people coming and they will give and be a witness of Christ during that time. The ten visions of Zechariah are like stepping stones which tell out an entire story of which I wouldn't have time in one sermon to give, but they reveal a beautiful and a complete picture. And God gave this message specifically, the seventh vision, to those that were returning the remnant for their encouragement. God is encouraging them at a specific time. Now, the book of Zechariah dealt with what was going on right then, but it also gives us a picture and prophecy of what's going to happen in the future. Let's go back now to Jerusalem and to the remnant that has returned to rebuild the temple of the Lord. The children of Israel had been, had been in Babylonian captivity and now had returned to the land of Israel. God made it clear to them that all of this had happened according to his plan and according to his purpose. And he's revealing to them that I am, always have been, always will be in complete and total control. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 37, fret not thyself because of evildoers. He said, fret not thyself. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be angry at the evildoers. God has been, is, and will be in control. Although these visions of Zechariah had a current and a local fulfillment, they did look forward to the future. And the complete fulfillment will be, as I've said, during that millennial period when God will return the Jewish people to the land of Israel. 
Now the land of Israel is a very sensitive piece of real estate. God chose it and made it that way. That land, first of all, belongs to God. He can give it to whoever, whoever he wants to give it to, and he made an everlasting covenant with the people of God. It belongs to the Jews. It's in the news now, has been, will continue to be. Israel's in that a very sensitive place. It's in the center of three major continents, Africa, Asia, and Europe. It is right on the crossroad of these crossroads of these three continents. There's no place on earth more sensitive or has had more attacks of Satan. There has been and there will be trouble until Israel becomes the center for the proclamation of the word of God. He says in Ezekiel chapter 5, the prophet does, Thus saith the Lord, this is Jerusalem. I have said in the midst of the nations and countries that are round about her. Why did he do that? So it could be a witness to the world. It's interesting that the most popular symbol of Israel today is that lampstand Israel, be a, Israel will be a witness of Christ to the world. Think of these words. This is Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah the major prophet who says, And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, <clears throat> to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law. We've been studying the law on Wednesday night. The law again will go forth, and then he says, And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse number four of Zechariah, so I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Zechariah said, I see these things, but, but what is the meaning of seeing this lampstand and the bowl of oil? What is, what is the meaning of this? And then the angel that talked with me, verse number five, answered and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered, verse number 6, and spake unto me, saying, This is the word unto Zerubbabel. Uh, Zechariah, I'm giving you a message to give to Zerubbabel. And here's what I want you to say to him. He's getting ready to, you, he, he, he's got to get back to rebuilding that temple. And here's what I want you to say. That, that they stop because of conflict. They stop because of difficulty. But I want you to say to him, tell Zerubbabel, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You tell Zerubbabel, he may be in an argument with the powers that be, but it's not a matter of his outwitting them or out uh, strong arming them. It's a matter of him turning his head heavenward and turning his heart heavenward again and putting his faith in God rather than being controlled by the fear of man because it is not by might or by strength or by power but by a spirit saith the Lord. 
Zerubbabel, the head, uh, the civil head of Jerusalem, Joshua, uh, the religious leader of the day. Uh, he was the head of the tribe of Judah at the time of their return to Jerusalem after the 70-year captivity as described uh, in the book of Ezra. And Zerubbabel's great work was that of rebuilding the temple. Remember that the work was made difficult by danger from the outside and discouragement from within. And God is giving this vision to strengthen the faith of Zerubbabel and it has real meaning for him and it, it contains a great principle not only for Zerubbabel, not only for Joshua, but for me and for you because we look around us and we, we can't help to think I have to work harder. That's our response to opposition. Oh, but listen, I have to pray harder. I have to increase my faith more. It's not me being smarter or stronger than the opposition. I can't defeat the devil. Oh, but God can. But God can. May I say tonight, God has always looked for people to have faith in Him that His Spirit could flow through them and mighty works could be done by simple faith in God. And that's what He's always looked for and that's what He's looking for tonight. The words might and power, they're interesting words, might in general, is a word for human resources. Physical strength, human ability, or amassing wealth. Power denotes mere human strength, physical, material, and mental strength. The simple understanding here is it's not by brawn strength, not by our brains, our mind, but by my spirit. I've said it often in our college, and I've said it around the country. I believe in Bible college and training and preparing. It's important for you to learn Bible doctrine. It's important for you to develop character. It's important for you to learn organization. If you learn all of that and you master that, but you don't develop a hunger for the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you'll fail. You'll fail. You'll be like the prophet of old that was swinging the axe when the head came off the handle. You'll be swinging the handle and you'll not be accomplishing anything but the axe head representing the power of the Holy Spirit. And I remind us again tonight, church, have faith in God. Let the Spirit of God work in you. That's what we need to keep our marriages strong. That's what we need to hold together our families. That's what we need for our churches to march on. They had started the work of the temple, but they'd become discouraged. They'd become discouraged because of the circumstances caused by men. This message from Zechariah would be a great encouragement to Zerubbabel and Joshua. Not your cleverness, not your ability. by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is not in our work and our service today. They will come to naught because God is not carrying on His work by our strength. We're carrying on His work by His strength. 
Acts chapter 1, but you, see, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Ephesians chapter 6, that great chapter I read uh, through yesterday sitting in a motel room in Mississippi uh, early yesterday morning and reading of the armor of God and saying, I, I want to be victorious in my Christian life. I want to put on the armor of God, but that key verse, verse number 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Here are the days of Zechariah. Here in the days of Zechariah, there was a remnant that needed this encouragement. There was a remnant, not a majority, a remnant, a remnant. Get it out of your head. We may be losing because we're behind in man's score. It's all right to be in a remnant. They had been overwhelmed by opposition. They had been become, they had been beset by doubts and fears. So the vision is given. But that's not all he says. I love verse number seven. Where art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. Do you get the picture? Where is that mountain? Where is that huge mountain that stood between Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the remnant of building the temple? Now, he's not talking about a physical mountain. He's talking about the opposition. He's talking about those who have said, if you continue to work, we'll put you in jail. You, you have to stop working. He says, where art thou, O mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, crying, grace, grace unto it. The mountain represents opposition, and this vision encourages them to believe that Zerubbabel will be able to remove the mountain of opposition. Now listen to me, I'm going I'm to unlock a key here, use a key to unlock a scripture in the New Testament. The Lord Jesus used that same mountain in that sense when he said to his disciples, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. I don't think the Lord was speaking of removing physical mountains. We don't know of any physical mountain in this day that was actually in their way, but it was faith that removes mountains, is faith that removes the obstacles. It is faith that removes the opposition to the work of God. And so often when we have opposition, our response is frustration. Our response is anger. I'm preaching to you tonight what Zechariah said to Zerubbabel. Don't live in frustration. Live in faith. Spend time in prayer. Tell God, I need you in moving forward. I say tonight, let us press on in the work of God in the power of His Spirit, knowing there is no mountain that can stop the work of God. Let's continue to win souls. Let's continue to bring visitors to church. I met two men this morning that came to church, and they may be here tonight. I don't know. One of them has been coming for a while. Both of them are from China. They're still working to learn English. 
Uh, one uh, is uh, in uh, cancer research at the university, very intelligent man, and uh, so glad that he came, but and, and, and working to understand the gospel. You imagine living in a place where the gospel is never heard on a gospel radio station, never receive a gospel track. We have to continue our work of winning souls, of bringing visitors, see our church grow, building buildings, planting churches. How do we do it? Four statements, and I'm finishing less than 60 seconds. Number one, pray to the God of all power. Folks, spend time in prayer this week. I promise you the amount of prayer time that you spend will be the result or will be the power that you will experience in your life. Spend time in prayer. We say we trust God, but we spend 30 seconds in prayer and we spend three hours physically working. Come on now. Second of all, read his word. I need to read that good story there in Zechariah. That helps me. As it no doubt helped Zerubbabel and Joshua as they did complete the temple. Number three, live by faith and not fear. It's a daily decision and sometimes many times in a day to say, I'll not let that fear control me. I will move forward by faith. And number four, let's keep. Let's just keep pressing on. Not by might, not by not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Stand with me tonight.